hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert. Attention. Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh, my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. Fuck you two! You're talking peak no agenda right there, everybody. That's right. Fuck you! We do know what we're talking about. Or at least we pretend to. Well, anyways, doesn't matter what the fuck we do. It's episode 70 of the show that's made up with the content that doesn't matter, and uh, I'm Phoenix. Let me start this off by clearly stating that I'm better than everyone. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still phone boy, all things considered. So we finally met <laughs> well, the man whose shit doesn't stink. Yeah! Yeah, and uh, we have a couple of clips to begin today's show. And, and I'm gonna Who act- better to start it off with, though, than the podfather himself, Mr. Adam Curry? And the big one, of course, is now there's multiple theories about the uh, the oil rig that over that uh, it blew up uh, off the Gulf Coast. Now, for those who weren't around in 2010 when this incident occurred, now and and I had to I had to go back to episode uh, 196 of No Agenda to pull that clip and some of the other clips that we're playing. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, those early episodes because of all the things that happened don't have show notes and things, and so I was kind of stabbing in the dark trying to figure out which one. This is actually the the, the title kind of gave it away, um, but uh, you know, to, to, but that probably wasn't enough to talk about this topic. So we're, we'll play something a little bit more uh, straight laced as far as an introduction. On April 20th, 2010, a powerful explosion rocks the Deepwater Horizon drilling platform in the Gulf of Mexico. It leads to what will become America's largest oil spill. 130 liters per second gush from a leak 1,500 meters below the surface, 400,000 liters per hour. 11 workers lose their lives. 115 are rescued, all suffering from shock, many with severe injuries. Now, if this sounds like something that doesn't sound like our normal content, well, you're right. It's not. It actually started because I've got an essay for my college English class about cause or effect on a certain subject that I have to write. And it just happened that the Deepwater Horizon was one of the options on the list we were given. And since I do have an interest in this tragedy, since I saw the movie and, you know, it says it's based on events, but I think it's, you know, those that were allowed by the NDAs. But, you know, as I was researching the paper and the environmental effects, which is what I actually have to write about, I found something even darker than all of that hiding in plain sight. And the parallels that Phoneboy and I have been able to draw as a result of my doing this research paper, well, they're presented here for your interpretation today. 
And, uh, yeah, we can, we can uh, conclude... Uh... With a clip. Uh, yeah. Muted. Oh, I was. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess I didn't take my hands off the mute buttons. Uh, so, um, <clears throat> so we can conclude our introduction with a clip uh, with, with from a former executive of, of, of uh, Shell, the, uh, the, the, I guess it's Royal Dutch Shell or whatever the, the, it's, its formal name. But uh, the, guy, the guy's name was uh, John Hoffmeister, and we, got a couple, we have a couple clips from him uh, in here, but uh, he, I think he uh, explains it pretty, pretty succinctly. What happened on the Deepwater Horizon? This was clearly a man-made incident. Oh, that's an interesting fact. I'm really brought up in the chat. Yeah. So we we are, um, but yeah. We, so this we're now on to our. Uh, yeah, this is this. We're going to dig into this. Is what he's trying to stumble around and say. But before we do that, we want to acknowledge some of the people who keep this shit show running, and. We are going to start off with myself. And how this works is a lot of times when we're in Studio 33, we will have people that send boostograms requesting songs, which as you know, if you've been in Studio 33 once or twice, that if you send a boost with a song, that song obviously gets priority, kind of like tipping the DJ, if you will. So, and not to say that you can't get your song played on Studio 33 without sending a boost, that would be rude, but... We have some people, including and especially myself, who like to splash the walls with Satoshis. So we'll start off with me. And I wanted to hear a little white Kalahala for Sir Bemrose because I love grumpy old Ben's and hate when tech pisses me off. And that was for 3333 sets. <coughs> yeah, that, <coughs> yeah, I, should, I had my mute button and then I, the minute I let it off, I start coughing. Yeah, what was that? Guess that's what. I guess that's why there's a cough button to cough or something. I don't know. Where's your cough button? <laughs> anyway, I know the uh, answer to that. Yeah, that's for the uh, after 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 party. That's right. Uh, and then uh, you you boosted a test test toke toke uh, four twenty sets. Because uh, that's how I roll roll roll. That's right. And then you boosted thirty three thirty three sets, saying I love you, Mister Gray. Love me like you do, which was which was a song request. And then last night when we were doing uh, the rideshare edition of Studio thirty three, which we will talk about. Wow, in- was it lit. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, in the Toast and Jam segment. Uh, yeah, is this Sammy Hagar, NetNet asks, for 3333 sats? And then he also says, and also congrats to, to Phone Boy on his freedom-ish, if that be. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. That's that's what he said. Uh, there you go. Um, yeah, the one time it would be appropriate <laughs> to use a mute button. Yes, exactly. Yes. If you want to be part of this Boostergram party, now you, if, you know, if you're not, if you don't have one of these uh, nude podcasting apps where, you know, where you take off all your clothes, you go to nude podcasting or nudepodcastapps.com and go down your go download yourself a podcast app that actually supports Satoshi's. What a novel thing. And and then what what did what did she do? You while I'm sitting here stumbling over my words, ten thousand <laughs> sats. This is a new live son of a bitch. That's right. This is a new live son of a bitch. That's right. And that's how you do it, folks. Splash the walls. That's right. So um, but yeah, the, get a new get a new podcasting app that that streams Satoshi's, or you can uh, if you if you uh, if you don't mind dealing with PayPal, yeah, you can go to lotuseffect.show and hit the "We Like Money" button. And what are you doing? This is you're trying to read my you're trying to read my new book. I no, I'm trying to read your tablet to see your drops because you never have the boost me bitch drop available. Yes, I do. Boost me, bitch. It's just on the wrong board. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't realize you had multiple boards. Is that for your multiple personalities? Um, I'll explain. 
And I'll use small words so that you'll be sure to understand, you warthog-faced buffoon. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Say what? <clears throat> I, believe, I believe the phrase is, I'm in the convent. <laughs> Some- Fire phone boy. <laughs> Should we actually get on with this? Yes, we should, should show that these fine folks paid to come see. Yeah, I suppose we should. Um, but there, but there's lots. But uh, there's lots of ways to give value back. Of course, as as I say, you can use a, a new podcasting app that's capable of streaming satoshis. You can uh, go to lotuseffect.show and hit the "We Like Money" button. You can also uh, send us a message on No Agenda Social. Yeah, or I'm 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 Phone Boy Phoenix's. Got a really long name, but it's P H E O N I X. Just type it in with the at sign, and you should find me. I come up on the top because that's what I is. I is a top bizzle niche. Yeah, and yeah. also you can call two five three two three seven three three two one and sound off on our refire topic of the week. Which this week we want to know: Are y'all seeing the yo-yoing gas prices like we're seeing them? It's up forty. It's down twenty. It's up ten. It's down fifteen. What the actual? Fuck. Two five three two three seven three three two one. Sound off on this, y'all. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Because fuck Joe Biden. Yeah, and may, and uh, yeah, Ernestine may may uh, be not standing by, but uh, Google Voice is and will certainly mangle your transcript as it is done with the calls that we've received. And then you'll so become far. a show title, possibly. Th- possibly, um, just uh, yeah, and we play them during the toast and jam segment, and uh, yeah, just but just keep in mind, we don't want your shit. Please don't send us your shit. Um, so. All right, and and then I think we're I think we're ready to get started here with our with our topic, and and uh, we didn't I don't think we got any extra get any unusual feedback this week that was uh, that was uh, worth uh, you know I didn't see anything in the email for sure, but uh, no, um, but I mean if you think about the fact if you look on our mentions on NAS, we're always getting feedback of some kind on something that we've done. So thank you all, everyone who's listening, everyone who gives us a mention on no agenda social everyone who sends us an email calls in to the voicemail 253-237-3321 just thank you all for listening for uh troll questing the new term that i have coined for being in the chat room not only to troll but also to request songs in studio 33 which is our lit ass after party so thank you for troll questing because we truly love all of you pedal heads. Yeah, yeah, we we do. That was it was funny. She showed she was showing me the po- the post that she made this morning b- about it, and I went, I, I, "This is what you typed, right?" Okay, yeah, I was making sure. Right? Yeah, and I knew he was going to ask me because he's always not so silently correcting my grammar whether or not I had meant to type that. So I already had the answer ready for him, which was "fuck you." And life went on. That, well, yeah, I mean. You know, but I mean, this is... Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Oh, absolutely. You know. They had a great goddamn time. Exactly. We always do. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I, okay. So it's funny because this is... I didn't... Now, I have... Now, I've... You I, did forget the number one rule of uh, this whole value for value situation. Uh, well, no. I, I, I was... This is the rule. I, I Don't forget this rule. She got the pussy! That's right. Yeah. He knows the number one rule. Yeah, that's that is the that is the that is definitely the yeah that I've already oh yeah we got I think I've already played this I played the we don't want your shit no you didn't oh I didn't okay well we don't want your shit please, please don't send us your shit, shit. yeah exactly. somebody's got to keep you on track that is why I am Phoenix the keeper I'm just saying yeah there you go well 
Well, this is a topic. It's funny because I didn't spend a lot of time when, and, and I remember that when, when, when you, when we were, because we, you know, we sit around, you know, shortly after the show and we try to figure out what the next topic is, and sometimes it, sometimes it slips. But well, the last uh, few weeks, it's kind of been coming to us. The universe has just been like, oh, Jesus Christ, again. And yeah. then it gives us, you know, yeah. something so, great, and so, here we are. Yeah, and so, and I think, what, 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 what did we? How did we decide this topic? Okay, we knew that you were working on this thing on Deepwater Horizon, so you. St- because I started digging into the impacts, like I said, I had been aware of the tragedy one because I'm old enough to remember it when it happened, but also because when I watched the movie, it brought a lot of the memories back of the news footage, and of course, being a no agenda listener. You're always attuned to bullshit. Yeah. When you hear it. Yeah. When, when you hear it. And, yes. And, and, so. and because for research for my paper, I was listening to YouTube videos, documentaries and such on the tragedy, quote unquote. And the more I listened, this sounds weird, but I know y'all are going to understand what I'm talking about. The more I listened, the more I heard. And the more I heard, the more I became convinced there is some serious fuckery going on here. Yeah. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. And we're very serious about the fact. And we dug deeper into it. I brought it to Phone Boy's attention. I uh, had him listen to a couple of sound clips that I found important throughout some of the videos. I sent them to him with time codes and said, you've got to hear this. Something's just... Something's amiss. And of course, you all know that Phone Boy's brain is amazing. And he heard what I heard and more. And we said, this has got to be an episode that we do because we can definitely tie it into the food system and the way the government is butt fucking us when it comes to keeping us sick with the food that they provide. But... It also ties in with the COVID shenanigans. The yeah, it's, it seems like it seems like uh, it's the same playbook, y'all. It's, exactly. Yeah, and on, on different platforms, no pun intended. Yeah, yes, and and it's like I said, it was interesting to go back and listen. Now, now I've I've gone back. I mean, so just for the for for you know for those um, who you know maybe newer to No Agenda, I started listening to No Agenda at episode sixty six, which means I've been listening to it pretty much the entire time. Now I've gone back and listened to some of those old episodes, so I knew and it, and- it was interesting too. Not not to interrupt but one of the first things you had said when i brought this to your attention was i think i remember the guys talking about this on no agenda so yeah you you went back you dug into the situation you found the episode yeah and by the way yeah and by the way y'all this is so this episode so if you go, if you look for stuff that's happened on recent episodes, there's all kinds of great, you know, all kinds of great producer, uh, you know, resources for, you know, for stuff that's happened recently. Now, for the older shows, there was infrastructure, and I won't, I won't get into all of it, but a lot of that infrastructure just disappeared. I mean, you know, they were running the show partially on Mevio slash Podshows infrastructure, but there was, like, some of the show notes and the, the assets and stuff were on services that just frankly disappeared. This is why you got to be careful about using, you know, using somebody else's computer to host your stuff, right? Uh, but 
it. But so I knew I had to kind of go back through and kind of go do a date match. And I'm like, all right, let me. And I and I started and I looked and I played an episode. Um, and I went, okay, well, this would be the episode they would cover it on. Now I also remember, yeah, they didn't always cover stuff right away because you know, if you go if you go back to 2010 when I pulled the, when I you know, from where this episode originated, a lot of the other stuff wasn't online. You know, they were making in some cases they were making clips from the stuff that was on that was on television, right? I mean, Dvorak used to do that kind of stuff. So the, the, they didn't play as many clips in the show. Consequently, wasn't quite as long. But um, but I was able to figure it out by just by the show title. Actually, I said, okay, this is probably where they first um, heard about this. So so I discovered. Uh, episode one ninety six of No Agenda, and um, and 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 yeah, and and it was and I and there they had it was there was about a twelve minute section in that in that two hour episode where they talked about um, the, uh, the 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 Deepwater Horizon thing, and so um, but and, and so they didn't they didn't have a lot to say about it because because remember that they're they they deconstruct media, so they're not necessarily you know they they may not have all the stuff that's you know they can only sort of deconstruct what's in the media. We'll and we will play some clips from that, but um, but <clears throat> I was sent uh, some of the a couple of these um, documentaries that uh, my, my my partner in crime was uh, was reading, and you know, and when I started listening to this and, and looking at it, I'm like, wow, there's there's so many parallels to stuff that we've all done, right? It's so it's a it's a great object. It's it's an object lesson in a couple things. Number one, like the you know that Adam truly is from the future because you know the, the, again the amount of information they had at the time, some of the observations he has are spot on. Um, but uh, yeah, the, it's just it's you start looking at you know what we've just went through the last couple of years with with COVID and and, and so on, and you just kind of it's it's like and the stuff that we've talked about in the last few weeks with the food system, it's just like it all kind of like it feels like it's just another one of these uh, one of these scams, right? That, that that we that we're all having to live with. Um, so. Um, so we'll start with a clip, um, you know, and we'll, we're going to, so we're going to start with, we're going to, we're going to play a bunch of clips here, but, uh, we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to explain them. So, um, they, so the, again, this is a documentary. We'll have links in the show notes to the stuff that we pulled from, but there was, they, they'd interviewed the chief mechanic aboard the Deepwater Horizon, which was a, which was a, uh, one of the, one of these, uh, oil rigs out in the, in the Gulf coast. I think we need yeah. to give a little preface for anyone who isn't familiar. This was yeah. an oil drilling platform, <clears throat> excuse me, platform that was leased to BP, owned by a company called Transocean. Now, that will be important later when we play one of the clips. But ultimately, due to shitty safety procedures, cutting corners, et cetera, et cetera, there is a laundry list of bad things that BP decision makers should roast in hell alongside, you know, Hitler and... uh, Nancy Pelosi, when she finally dies. Um, Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately, there's a lot of people who should atone for what they did and the loss of lives. There were 125 crew members on that rig, 11 of which did not make it off. And their families, this shitty BP company thinks that by financially compensating them, that it just makes up for the loss of life and the small amount of money that they were compensated Oh, yeah, that so brings their loved ones back, doesn't it? You fucking British douchebags. Yeah, um... So now it was very clear from the from the very beginning. If you start listening to people that that were involved in the, that were uh, you know, witnesses to the to this uh, to the situation that were you know on the oil rig and in, in, in that and in, in during that time. Uh, so 
the chief mechanic was actually uh, was was you know was aboard the deep the Deepwater Horizon, and and he was interviewed. He was interviewed uh, by you know by this documentary film crew, and he explained um, how the various witnesses to the incident were treated by British Petroleum, Transocean, and well other, others involved. So we're gonna we'll play this clip. I was uh, interviewed by the Coast Guard first. And then after that, I was interviewed by Transocean lawyers. And I was not allowed to have my own lawyer at the time. Nothing was ever said about that. And they also did all this after me and the others who were with me being kept awake for over 40 hours at this time. It's interesting because I know all about that whole sleep deprivation thing. I can remember when I was 15 and any of you who have been pedal heads for an extended amount of time have heard the episode that will explain when I was 15 and when I was committed to a psych ward for reasons, they did the same exact thing. They used sleep deprivation before interviewing you for your intake and at 15 years old, you're not someone who's accustomed to being up 24 plus hours. And of course, it was better than 36 before I was interviewed and not allowed to sleep, not allowed to shower, not allowed to have any privacy whatsoever. And these gentlemen went through over 50 hours of being kept awake until such time as they were willing to sign a NDA non-disclosure agreement that basically says I didn't see anything I don't know anything I am not hurt yeah and it, it just is this is oh, there we go. let's let's make sure I unmute myself that's a thing um and uh, you know and, I, and then um you know he, he at some point he got a lawyer which uh, which is good because initially they wouldn't they wouldn't even you know give him a lawyer or whatever but uh, um you know clear but uh, yeah they, they say they've been trying to they try to control the narrative from the get-go um and this is and obviously this is from at least from the lawyer's perspective it's not that this is not the only person that this happened to adjusters uh making them sign some statement like i was asleep i know nothing i saw nothing i'm not hurt you know sign here then you can go home so i mean how could you not know anything give me a break yeah um and uh, you know and of course people that tried to go take a closer look uh yeah well you know they're, they're they did a lot of a don't look over here nothing to see here Ooh, look at and uh, yeah, so true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these and tried- I, I want to give a little background on BP because this is some stuff that I was doing research on this morning inadvertently while I was making coffee and the track record. And I think this is pertinent. Now, Phoneboy and I actually have a disagreement over our opinion on some conspiracies, if you will. But their track record is so shitty in Texas City, and I believe it was 2005, 2006 maybe, there was a major explosion at the refinery in BP, or I should say BP's refinery in Texas City, because they didn't want to spend about $156,000 to fix a very vital piece of machinery that would have caused, that would have prevented the there, there were actually several things. There were alarms that were not functioning. 
flares, sensors, that basically just the whole safety system for anything in that place is, was a ticking time bomb. It didn't exist or it was faulty or good luck, basically. And it ultimately resulted in people being killed by the blast that ensued when there was an explosion. We all remember, if we're old enough, the pipeline burst in Prudhoe Bay. Not once, no, because that would be, you know, child's play twice. Those were BP pipelines. Oh, why'd that happen? Oh, because they became corroded and the inspectors that they hired, yeah, they found out a whole lot of them weren't qualified to inspect shit. So basically, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So, you know, ultimately, there was thousands, I believe, of gallons or tens or hundreds of thousands of gallons that leaked. And Millions. Thanks- in Prudhoe? Well, not in, well who, I'm, I'm talking about uh, the spill okay, in Prudhoe yeah. Bay. Uh, now, now, by the way, I was not trying to say that it wasn't relevant. It just wasn't the line of discussion. That no, I, I just, I, I wanted yeah. to, before I, you know, before we got too far into this, I want to just interject a little bit of backstory on BP and the shit that they have had happen yeah. in a small amount of time. Yeah, well, as far as here on our soil, yeah, this is a British fucking company that's over here shitting on our mother earth on the North American land that we love. And you know what? The fucking government's letting it happen. Yeah, well, we got we, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we talk about that later. Yeah, there's, uh, there's, I'm just saying they have a shitty ass track record. Yeah, but okay, but they were, and they were doing a lot to try and keep people away from what they could, uh, what they could see with their own eyes. Oh, very much so. So we're gonna play that this, uh, this clip right here. Yeah, there was a recent article in the newspaper or the, the Daily Comet that if anyone is caught near the oil from the spill, it was a $40,000 fine. And uh, if I remember the article right, it was being uh, administered by the Coast Guard. Yeah, and um, the, hmm. the question, the question is... Interesting. Who's, the question is, who's the Coast Guard protecting? Here? Exactly. At first glance, the Coast Guard seems to have imposed the fine of its own initiative. But another story seems to be told behind closed doors. This is an IMT, an incident management team... So we are working together in what we call a unified command, where BP works side by side with the Coast Guard. You know, and that's, I mean, this really, okay, so I personally, the only, the only thing I've heard about the, 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 like the chemical, you know, the, the things that are going on in Ohio, right, is that they're sending, they're, they're sending people away, they're not letting people go and investigate, they're, you know, they're arresting people. Uh, I'm looking at this and I'm going, Wow, that you know, I mean, I'm hearing about this. Sounds and going, familiar, doesn't it, it? Yeah, it sounds very familiar. Uh, almost like we've heard it and seen it. Before. Yeah, it's, it's almost seems like it's the you know it, it, again they're 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 doing the same playbook. I mean, this is uh, this is what it is. And but and, remember, okay, this tragedy happened like 22, almost 23 years ago. People have forgotten about it. No, it's, or have they? No, it's more like 13 because this happened in 2010. So yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, Thir- you're, you're, twelve, you're, not thirteen. Yeah. but my point is still, it's been more than a decade. So maybe in their minds, they think, oh, people have forgotten about this, and they're not going to recognize the obvious shenanigans. 
Yeah, well, we know that that's not the case. Now, um, so here's I'm going to actually now I'm going to bring in the boys here, and um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go back to 2010, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear Adam Curry deconstructing a President Obama speech at the Rose Garden. What was interesting, what caught caught my attention, uh, President Obama was uh, actually uh, awarding the Teacher of the Year award in the Rose Garden. Uh, when he interrupted the uh, oops, when he interrupted the proceedings uh, to actually talk about what had happened, and I just found what he said to be very interesting. Let's uh, have a quick little listen. Welcome to the White House. Welcome to the Rose Garden. Uh, this is uh, an extraordinary occasion, uh, a beautiful day, appropriately so. Uh, so I hate to intrude on it, uh, but before we begin, I do want to speak briefly uh, to the American people about the recent BP oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, I've been receiving frequent briefings from members of my cabinet and White House staff, including an update last night on the additional breach and another update this morning. And while BP is ultimately responsible for funding the cost of response and cleanup operations. Which, by the way, is not true. It's uh, They own the field. They don't own the, uh, the actual rig. We'll get into that in a second. That's by a, an outfit called Transocean. Uh, my administration will continue to use every single available resource at our disposal, including potentially the Department of Defense, to address the incident. I would love to point out the fact that just prior to this catastrophe with the Deepwater Horizon, the president had just signed a bill to increase the amount of offshore oil drilling that occurred in the Gulf. Coincidence? I think not. Just saying. Yeah. So now what caught my attention was I was because I was taking the clips this morning for some of this and I'm sitting here and, and I'm listening to this and I'm like, holy fuck. You know, because I'm because I because I went because I went because I because I, I clipped the no I clipped some of the stuff from no agenda. I clipped some of the stuff from from these documentaries. And when I went back and reclipped the no agenda stuff, because I had clipped out the segments and then I wanted to tighten them up because they, um, you know, so that, so that, you know, I do my job as a producer. So you're not listening to, you know, I mean, I did in this case, I don't normally cut out a lot of the ums and the ahs. But in this case, because we're playing a clip, I wanted to and, I, and, and it was a little bit longer. I wanted to sort of respect the time and say, yeah, maybe we don't have those things. But I, I, I so I was listening to some way and I kind of went, you know, and I, and I was and I'm going this really sounds like the same sort of non-committal bullshit that sounds really good but says absolutely nothing and this is this is the ceo of um or the, or the you know the, the ceo of uh, british petroleum a guy by the name of tony hayward and uh, just listen so we're keeping i have a what- little bit of background on this guy after you play this clip yeah, okay well but but basically if you listen to what obama said he said yeah we're going to do everything to try and solve this incident but he didn't say what they're going to do to solve the incident what which makes you want what the question what is the incident what are they actually trying to do and you have i have questions tony hayward then still head of bp demonstrates bp's strong tie to the coast guard what i want to convey to all of you is that we are throwing everything at this. I have said all along we will be judged by our response. We are ensuring that we have all of our lines of defense available should we need it. <coughs> Bullshit. 
Yeah. Well, the, well, the, well, the, the defense is, a, you know, the, the public relations, uh, you know, situation. Did you just mute yourself by chance? OK, I'm just making sure that you knew what you were doing because you put your hands on my mute buttons, you know. I'm going to put my hands on more than your mute buttons if you don't go on. Okay. Well, um, so it is, uh, it's just, it was like, uh, so, you know, and it, and, it, and it is interesting to go, okay, well, they didn't say anything specific. You know, they they just said a bunch of like feel good words that, that ultimately said, fuck it all. Right. Well, okay. What were, okay. So, but, but, um, but yeah, the, the, you know, the, he was actually saying something true that they were throwing everything at it. Well, what were they throwing at it? Well, let's, let's, uh, let's listen. The greatest concern is that the crude will reach the mainland, less than 80 kilometers away. BP wants to avoid such a widely visible scenario at all costs. BP and the U.S. Coast Guard agree to spray a chemical dispersant on an unprecedented scale. Another estimated 40 million liters are burned intentionally on the surface. The remaining two-thirds of the crude seem to have disappeared, according to official numbers. Yeah, but, you know, cow farts are what's causing the whole global warming thing. Yeah, and now, of course, they had to actually, they had to do a good PR job and try to look like they're cleaning up. Let's, let's talk, let's find out uh, what they did to clean up, aside from fights from spraying this, uh, this toxic chemical that we'll talk about really in the second half of the show. Now we're individually scooping up tar balls on beaches. I mean, it looks good for tourists. It looks good for BP. It employs people. But in terms of long-time environmental cleanup, it, it's non-existent. It's useless. Yeah, and I think even the, like the low-level workers realize that what they're doing just ain't working exactly the methods used are not the most effective methods there should be equipment manufactured fabricated and created to deal with this build this magnitude i think that they're using manual labor and that they're paying us well to keep us quiet so that so that they can continue to do business so that we don't have a national or international boycott of bp I don't think that we're going to be able to capture much. We're not being that effective. This statement could cost him his job and the only income he has left. Workers are bound by contract not to discuss this bill in public. Yeah, all the money they were paying them. What about the actual real cost? like the side effects from doing that cleanup work that they're seeing now in their declining health and the diseases that they are, I'm not contracting, but like cancer and lung problems and things like that from all the chemicals and the shit that they had to be exposed to in those cleanup efforts. Well, yeah, and of course they can't prove it. I mean, that's the other the, you know, the other part of this is that they can't they, they can't prove it. Uh, and uh, you know, of course, the uh, the 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 Cajun fishermen out there, uh, you know, had a, had a, had a little bit of a thing to say about the uh, the Coast Guard. Okay, wait a minute. Let me play the clip. I still own that one right there. But the Coast Guard boats that. The United States Coast Guard ought to be lined up and shot for treason. They're not protecting the American people no more. They're they're protecting a foreign company. They ought to be lined up and shot. 
Yeah, it's not the first time our government's protected a foreign entity and fucked the American people. But, oh, wait, did I just say that out loud? You're goddamn right I did. Yeah, and speaking of uh, f- uh, fucking the American people, well, um, you know, the, the federal government had to appear to do something, too, and, and they did. And so we're going to continue with uh, with Adam talking about uh, or, you know, uh, going into what Obama said after he, w- the, the, he said, yeah, we're going to we're going to do everything we can to help. So here's how here's what they're going to do. Earlier today, DHS Secretary Napolitano announced that this incident is of national significance, and the Department of Interior has announced that they will be sending SWAT teams to the Gulf to inspect all platforms and rigs. All right. So I thought that was interesting. Why are they sending a SWAT team? Well, because they clearly... Special weapons and tactics? <laughs> yes, clearly there's there's something amiss, John. So there's two things. First of all, the um, national significance... Is, uh, is a very specific word uh, and is used, um, let's see, uh, I have it here, in I think 2004, they set up the national response document or, you know, the, um, uh, I'm looking for it here. There's a certain set of protocols in the event of some form of, you know, terrible event and they all kind of evolve around being attacked and so when Napolitano says national significance, that's basically code for, okay, something messed up is happening and we're being attacked, send in the SWAT team. And so they did indeed send, send SWAT. You know, and I've never heard of this happening. They didn't send SWAT when the Exxon Valdez uh, broke up. Not no. that I know of, at least. No, of course not. I guess I should uh, unmute myself here. That um, usually helps. Yeah, that usually helps. Um, so I, I, it's it just it's like okay, well, what did the SWAT team do? We don't we don't know. We didn't we didn't go into the you know and dig and try and figure out what why this what the SWAT teams did when when this was going on. But um, you know we do kind of wonder. Okay, well what okay what's the you know what actually happened with this uh, Deepwater Horizon and and uh, you know we. Um, you know what I'm going to do? I, I, I've, I've decided, even though I put this in the script, defer- well, first of all, we'll play the clip from John Hoffmeister that, uh, that I think sums up the, uh, the situation quite nicely. Well, wait a minute. Before you play that, I wanted to address something that Sir Benrose had said in the chat, which was that British Petroleum is as British as the Federal Reserve is federal. It may have started there, but it runs out of Davos now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that statement, but I want to point out the fact that the current chairman and CEO, Douche Canoe, is actually a fucking American. Because after this British prick that actually was one of the original guy when the Texas City shit went down, this British prick, uh, they had enough of his shit basically when that explosion happened. They ousted him and here comes one of what they called his turtles, as in ninja turtles. Uh, Tony Watts' balls there. This guy. What a prick. Tony Hayward. Like, this guy. I, I just can't. Like, my my New England comes out bad when I talk about this guy because he pisses me off so bad. He was just such a flagrant prick in the whole situation, talking out both sides of his face. And we all know that, and I've said it before, thou who controls the purse strings controls the narrative. And that's a lot of what was going on in this company at the time is because of the fact that it was pissing the London Bank off that this guy came in as the CEO after uh, Lord John Dushkanoo. Uh, got ousted yeah he was like oh yeah we're so focused on safety and we're gonna spend all this money to make all these improvements and he started to do so yeah but then the bank got involved and here we go cutting corners again which ultimately is what led to Deepwater Horizon tragedy in the long run yeah I, I, I thought 
finally dug out. I'm surprised I didn't have this. You are muted. Oh, I am muted. Okay, well, I... I you, need, you are. You are a total douchebag, dude. I swear to God. That's how you know you fucked up. That's the second time you've been muted and been yakking in the mic tonight. Anyway, what were you going to say? That's how you know you fucked up. <laughs> Breaking the balls. Breaking the balls. All right, anyway. I, you know, I'm just I'm just giving you hell like I usually do. Yeah, like Bemrose says, take your hand off that mute button. Amen, Sir Bemrose. All right, well, let me, let me play the clip that I'm supposed to play here, which I think is uh, this one. Something went badly, badly wrong. The deep water horizon clearly never should have happened. This was a bad bad situation on one rig at one time. We've drilled over 35,000 wells in that gulf over 40 years. This has never happened. The industry has drilled over 2,200 deep water wells. This has never happened. We have to find out who said what, decided what, about whatever, at what time in the process that led to this tragedy and the loss of life. Yeah, and it's not like uh, Deepwater Horizon hadn't. This wasn't like its maiden voyage, right? Um, it actually, yeah, it, it it operated for seven years without, well, you know, any incidents, as, as this uh, clip says. The Deepwater Horizon operated for seven years without accidents, but under this BP operation, everything changed. All right. Okay, I want to point out something real quick. Just real quick, because I know it drives you fucking nuts when I do this. And I love the face you just make. It really turns me on. Too bad there's people in the studio and we'd have to have these 100 thrusts before the 100th episode. Anyway, that's for the after, after, after party. It's obscene. That's the point. What I was going to say, though, is this is actually not the first offshore drilling rig that has gone tits up for BP. There was another one called, I believe it was Iron Horse or Thunder Horse or something like that, that because they they didn't install some valves correctly and there was a hurricane that came through, I think it was Hurricane Dennis, it ended up ruining the rig. And it was billions of dollars that it cost the company. You would think that, and anyone who's ever worked in a factory or ever, ever worked a blue-collar job, so, you know, that leaves Sir Bemrose out and phone boy and probably most of our listeners but anyway all jokes aside pretty much everyone knows that if you do it right the first time it's going to cost less money than if you try to cut corners and ultimately it's going to cost three you know 33 times as much for cutting those corners you would think that after at least one tragedy that BP would have figured that out but nope they just don't fucking learn yeah um but uh, yeah, let me let me. I did play that clip. Okay, so, um, okay, so I'm gonna play. Um, I did kind of j- jump into this, but I I, I think, um, I, I think I'm gonna play Adam's alternate theory. Uh, play play this a little bit out of order because I think it is a little interesting. Just to, just to, this this is uh, this is Adam's cr- you know, uh, you know, kind of crackpot theory on uh, what he think actually happened with this. Transocean is largely funded by South Korea. Hmm. And the reports are, there's a lot of backstory to this and and where they launched it from, but the report is that a two-man North Korean submarine went on a suicide mission and uh, basically, uh, I guess they call it flying underwater, 
flew right into the this uh, deep water oil platform and blew it up to get back at South Korea for a number of reasons. And there's Gazprom again. Gazprom uh, just signed a deal to bypass uh, North Korea to bring, and th- these guys are good at that, Gazprom being the Russian gas company, to supply South Korea with uh, Russian gas. And of course, if you if you know the, the map and you look at uh, Google Earth, you'll see that uh, North Korea borders on the uh, eastern tip there of Russia. So they're essentially going through undersea pipelines, going straight to South Korea. And the report is that this is North Korea saying, hey, we're still at war with you guys. Watch this. And apparently this, this two-man sub was launched from, uh, from a, a vessel that came off of Cuba uh, on April 18th. And there's some reports here of uh, people tracking this uh, Empresa Mambisas de la Habana. Oh, that's the, that's the port it came out of. Yeah, and I think that was – obviously, I think if that had come out, we would have probably had a much different conversation. But, uh, um, but uh, you know, there, there's a question, you know, because they're clearly under some financial pressures. We started – we were listening to some stuff earlier earlier today, and, we're, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, I see that – I get the impression that, yeah, but that uh, British Petroleum is um, – you know, yeah, that there are some financial issues – that they had, and so maybe they they wanted to try and get the stuff done um, as cheaply as possible, with uh, you know as quickly as possible. Uh, did that uh, potentially contribute to this? Well, we're gonna once again, cutting corners. Yep, exactly. Did BP sacrifice safety to save money? But when you rush, or if you work with defective equipment, which may well have been the case, you can put people's lives at risk. That should never happen. And if you go too fast, in like in this case, what it does is it causes the uh, the uh, formation that they're drilling through to uh, fracture. And once it's fractured, the uh, drilling fluid or mud, as we call it, will seep through the fractures and start losing the mud. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty bad. I mean, seriously. Right? Yeah, I mean. What what do you want? I mean, that, that's that that you just kind of see that and you just go. It's it's standard operating procedures. It's not like it's something that's special to this particular operation. It has to be done for all of the oil platform drilling rigs. Oh yeah, and and it and it gets even worse because uh, yeah, they uh, they you know that wasn't the only corner they cut. Um, yeah, you know we we've heard that we've heard Halle Burton referred to on on uh, heard the boys talk about it with us. a lot. Yeah, especially in the early days of No Agenda when uh, when it was Dick Cheney, I guess it was the was uh, was it was it he was vice president with uh, with uh, oh Bush, you know right? he was. Um... What, like we talked about behind the mic, Bush and Cheney were both, I mean, Bush was an oil man. That's how he made his money. That's how his family made their money. And Cheney had his dick in that situation too, swirling it all around. So, you know, they were, they were balls deep in bed with the Saudis. And subsequently, a lot of shenanigans in our own government were occurring because of that. Yeah. And uh, here we go. We got, uh, but uh, yeah, even Halle Burton's like, guys, if you want to do this safely, you got to do it differently than you're doing it. Drill holes never run absolutely straight. This is why centralizers are deployed to stabilize the pipe. Halliburton recommends 23 centralizers, but BP only orders six installed. That makes the necessary cement seal considerably weaker on one side of the pipe. 
Still, a cement bond test could have detected the weak spots, but BP said it isn't necessary. Uh, yeah, well, apparently it was. <laughs> Very uh, necessary, yeah. well, in, as it turns in, out. Yeah, and it turns out they made one other mistake, too. Ten hours later, the gas and oil start to shoot up the well bore. Only the blowout preventer can still shut down the well. But its hydraulic valve is too weak. It can't build up enough pressure to cut through the pipe, only squeezing it without sealing it. Earlier indications of a major defect were shrugged off. And ignored a lot of things that were wrong. Just so they can save themselves money. Yeah. Now, they were told about this. They knew about the rubber gasket, that the chunks of which had been coming up due to the improper shoring of the line. They knew that the hydraulic pipe squeezer, if you will, the shutoff valve, cutoff valve thing, they knew that it was damaged. BP did. Yeah. They did nothing because, oh, we don't want to spend the money. It's amazing to me the you know the hundreds of thousands of dollars that they would have spent to make things right would have cost much less than the millions and millions of dollars that it's cost them to try to compensate families for their loss of income, their loss of loved ones. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, and um, okay, now we're going to get into the no agenda theory or the, uh, the Adam Curry's theory of what actually happened. And this again, this was back in May of 2010. Let me go go back to my theory, which comes from insiders. Uh, we know that there's meetings going on uh, with all the large oil companies, and they want to inflate the price of oil, and they basically see that it's cheaper to cause a natural disaster to stop oil. Uh, drilling and to uh, lose oil, which of course is exactly what happened. And now no more contracts are being given out and everything's being stopped. And everyone's like, stop, we can't drill anymore. And we're making jokes of them, drill baby drill to spill baby spill and kill baby spill and all of that. Um, these oil companies know that they're going to make far more money on the price of oil skyrocketing, which it is. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's on the huge uptick. They're going to make a lot more money, you know, as opposed to what it's going to cost to clean up. Yeah. And this is from meeting notes. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you want? I mean, of course, they want to sell their product for as much as they can and and spend as little as possible to. to, And and what do we always say as no agenda listeners? If you want to know why, follow the money. That's right. Um, Yeah. So JCD had a little bit, a little bit to say on this also. I'm sure that uh, the company that owns the rig, and you can be certain that BP did a contract that had a uh, liability clause in it. Uh, So anything that happened would not. Oh, it's not on them. Yeah, it's not on them. It's not on. Yeah, it's a. It's a uh, very common in in contracts to have one of these uh, disclaimers where you take all the responsibility for problems, and uh, and they can just. I don't know. I have to look this up. I'll look it up. But I, it might be just as easy for them to just go bankrupt and nobody picks up the tab. Hmm. Does anyone smell Pfizer in that statement? 
with the indemnity? Anyone getting that all familiar COVID vibe over well, here? Yeah, we do have some clips a little bit later that talk about uh, limited liability and that kind of thing. So, um, so now and before the break, we're gonna we gonna so we we have a, our, our you know I, it was funny because I'd made the comment. I said we called it toast and jam. You know, we would we could we could have called it halftime. But uh, we, we ended up not doing that. Anyway, so um, there's a couple of clips. And I pointed out to him the fact that most of the references we have are culinary references for obvious reasons with me being a classically trained chef. So halftime loosely would have worked because everybody knows we are huge football fans. Go Niners! But yeah, we chose Toast and Jam. Yeah, I just but it, that came to me today is in, in, a, in, a, in a anyway. So, um, oh, but, you mean kind of like having to suck it to make it come? Came to you last night drinking coffee. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. So, For anyone who was listening to the special edition rideshare edition of Studio 33 last night, we'll talk about that in the toast and jam. But that was one of the wonderful things that you missed because you didn't tune in, even though we had advertised it. Uh, phone boy was trying to get his coffee out of his travel mug and it was very warm since he had just made it and he was not having success and made the comment that I've got to suck it to make it come because he was trying to pour it into his mouth and it wasn't working and I was like yep you're telling that on air yeah well except you just did so I don't need to say anything about it now so um I, there's a couple of clips I thought were relevant to our past discussions around the food system. Um, a lot of our seafood in the U.S. comes from the Gulf. I mean, certainly from this part of the world. Now, I mean, I used to live in the Pacific Northwest, and so you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, assume in that case, a lot of the seafood that that I consumed came from the Pacific. But um, you know, I, it, certainly in this part of the world, you're going to get stuff from the Gulf. Um, and so, anything impacting the Gulf uh, will impact the food chain, and the fishermen know it. I mean. Uh, yeah. So now you ask the question. So they just they and we're going to get into the dispersant that they that they sprayed, right? But what happens after the oil disperses exactly? I mean, that's a, that's a that's a good question. Let's let's uh, let's find out. See this well. This is an oil well, and this this is the well that actually got run over by the barge. And at night they would come and spray dispersant. And when you use dispersant to this this depth. It goes into the mud, and it just stays there. And I know for three years, we used to catch a lot of shrimp up in here. Three years, you couldn't catch nothing. Just dead, like a dead zone. Yeah. You think that might have a uh, an impact on the food chain? No, not uh, at all. I think, the, I think the fishermen understand this, and uh, yeah. And the shrimp feed off of the plankton. And if the oil's sitting on top of the plankton, the shrimp and the fish can't feed. And everything works off of the inside. All the little fish come in here, and then they start eating, and as they grow, bigger fish eat them, and it's all a big chain, and then it all works with the gulf. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we uh, we uh, dumped a bunch of chemicals, and which we'll talk about in the second half of the show. Um, but, uh, you know, something else they, they, they mentioned, too, that I went, you know, this reminds me of the, when we were talking about SNAP and the food system, we were talking about all of this the the, you know, the fact that farmers get paid not to grow things well they're also paying farmers not or fishermen not to fish yeah that boat right there that big boat the rachel collier belongs to my cousin they're giving him fifteen thousand dollars a day just to sit there he ain't doing nothing nothing at all it, it's a, just a show for the media nobody's really doing nothing yeah, well, it's a show for the media that sounds like a, it sounds like a thing um now i and i i think um 
this is another this is a clip that didn't quite have a have a place in the uh in our in in the in the script but i thought it was funny um and, and i think it, and, and th- again this is this is john hoffmeister who's the who was a former exec at uh at, at shell he passed away a couple of years ago um and uh you know i think he said it correct when we start talking about clean energy the notion that there's something called clean energy and something called dirty energy is a myth it's a misnomer because every energy, every form of energy has implications. For example, we're counting the dead pelicans in the Gulf. Why aren't we publicly exposing and counting the dead birds that try to fly through wind farms by the thousands? Yeah, why aren't we counting those? Oh, wait, then it would expose the fact that these wind farms are so much more dangerous than they lead us to believe because they want us to switch all over to electric every fucking thing and take away all the fossil fuels and la 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 la, the whole green thing, because, you know, birds aren't green. Well, yeah, and not and not only that. I, I was wondering kind of what green or clean energy was exactly. Well, you know, what clean for who might be the better question, right? It's, it was always the you know we we you know that they, they, they I, I was I was reading about how um, s- certain political persuasions like to uh, commandeer words, specific words that are used, and, and and exploit the fact that you are using those words differently than they are using those words, and so it gets you to believe what. They believe without having to, uh, you know, the, with being very deceitful, and so, uh, you know, the words do matter. But uh, um, so it's interesting that they uh, that they uh, had done that. So, um, but um, okay, I think we are now at the time where we get to. It's pl- time to party. Yeah, we get we get Cajun to, style. Yeah, we do. But we're gonna we're gonna do our toast and jam segment. I got to see what uh what our what our friend Rev Cybertrucker has uh, come into, and I need to play. I need to do that. So that you can hear it and we play it. Heidi ho, pedalheads! This is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker with this week's cavalcade of stupidity. Timothy Aaron Hawkins, known by his stage name of Tim Hawkins, is a Christian comedian, songwriter, and singer, best known for his parodying of popular songs such as Carrie Underwood's "Jesus Take the Wheel," Kansas's "Dust in the Wind." and the Candyman. And while he does work clean, he is not afraid to take on topics such as homeschooling, parenting, and marriage. And in this particular parody of Green Day's Good Riddance, he delivers some excellent advice to men who want to survive their marriage. From the 2004 album Extremely Made Over, this is Tim Hawkins. Things You Don't Say to Your Wife. Nuggies. Hey, honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? The dress you wear reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Would you stop talking? Cause I'm trying to watch the game. If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. I planned a hunting trip next week on your birthday 
I didn't ask you, but I knew it'd be okay. Go make something while I watch this fishing show. I typed it over our old wedding video. If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. Your cooking is okay, but not like mother makes. The diamond in the ring I bought you is a fake. Your eyes look puppy, dear. Are you feeling ill? Yeah, I don't think that there's... is phenomenal. And we'll thank pl- you, Rev. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we will definitely play the full version of that in the studio thirty-three after party yeah exactly so yeah that's uh i don't think i don't i don't think there's anything i could have said to my ex-wife that uh, would have changed a damn thing oh yeah there is yeah we're broke yeah well (laughs) yeah that could have been the thing uh where's 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 the song from last week you're a cunt 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 that you could have said to her although she still wouldn't have gotten the message no, because um, you know when it came to talking to you, her whole philosophy was just—I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty much. What, what was it you said? The towers of Babel. Yeah, Tower of Babel. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. So, yeah, I did get. I did uh, because I got. I did get. So I guess we'll go into the toast and jam segment, and that's a. That's a. I guess that's a. That's a. Uh, what do you call it? That's that's a transition or something like that. And we talk. So um, this week I had to actually go to government uh, uh, government offices to uh, change my name because I because my paperwork had come in for the uh, my my. The certified copy of my paperwork had come from the courts in Washington State uh, earlier this week, so I had to go run around and show it to different to the different government agencies here to say yes. He's my- slowly retaining his identity again, and I keep telling him, yeah. "Now that you have your last name back, I'm gonna steal it." Yeah, well, um, so yeah, we have this. Uh, so yeah, the, I'm going through that process. I had to mail them off to the passport office because I'm my my day job is threatening to uh, send me to have me go to Israel. Uh, so I need so a- increase your donations so Phoenix can go with him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so. Um, and, I don't want to lose my phone boy yeah, for a week. Here, we need to we need to toast. we need to toast. Yeah, we need to toast our our beer here. So that's right. Uh, so do you have any? Th- so um, do you have any tales from rideshare this week? Mm, I have two things, and it's interesting because we decided to do this episode, and I believe it was Thursday, although I cannot remember. At this moment, it was one of the days this week after we had decided to do our episode on the shit BP pulled and all of that jazz. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Okay. Earlier in the week. Okay. So Tuesday, I'm doing rideshare, and of course, I'm bringing people to fro and about K Town, and I get talking with a couple of gentlemen who are on their way to a concert, and they had accents and i was like oh where y'all from louisiana oh wow what part oh lafayette guess who else is from lafayette yeah that gentleman from the show corporation that y'all heard talking so of course because i've been doing my research 
on my paper, my ears perked up and I went, oh, so y'all are pretty familiar with the whole Deepwater Horizon tragedy. Mm, yeah, one of them's a corporate lawyer, or not corporate lawyer, but a lawyer that is still in pending litigations with families and companies that are suing BP for all the nefarious shit. Now, unfortunately, this was a very short ride, so I was not able to get more BOTG on it. But I found it very interesting that 12, almost 13 years later, there is still pending litigations against this company for this situation. And living in that area, he did give me BOTG that, yeah, they are still having a lot of trouble with the cleanup efforts because it's not all gone and the food system is still impacted down there. The employment is still impacted down there. I mean, I know people could argue that, oh, well, you know, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. Okay. These people have been through an ass ton of things. And unfortunately, because they just keep getting hit with more and more stuff. I mean, how much can you truly take? How much you want to see some people who are some tough mofos. Look at those folks down in, in Louisiana and on the Gulf. They are some people who've seen some shit and they've been through some shit and they've come out the other side. And the fact that these big corporations like Bald Pussy, as we used to call them when I was a teenager, the fact that they just really do shrug it off like gnats on a summer night. It is so atrocious. That's one of the reasons why Phoneboy and I definitely wanted to do this episode because we think it's really atrocious that, of course, the news media is not going to follow up on the lasting effects of what's happening with the aftermath of this gigantic oil spill that should never have happened. It truly is a it's truly a result of greed and negligence. And yet no one in the British Petroleum Company has ever been legally taken to task for what happened in any of the tragedies that they propagated. Not the Texas City explosion, not the Prudhoe Bay, Alaska leak. Again, not once but twice. Not the massive loss of life, even though it was only 11 people. The families of those 11 people are never going to have their loved one back to have another holiday with, to share another birthday with, because of the neglect, the negligence of corporate dickheads who didn't want to spend money to make things in our country, folks. That's one of the reasons I'm so outraged at this, is because this happened on our own soil. You want to talk about domestic terrorism? Ding, 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 folks. We are talking big oil and the fact that they are allowed to ram their financial cock up our asses and we just take it. And a matter of fact, the government's help helping keep us bent over by allowing all of these companies to come in and set up operations and limiting the liabilities that they have, limiting the penalties for shit when things go tits up. And that is absolutely fucking unacceptable, in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure Phone Boy agrees with me, that it's just unacceptable that the government, our own government, is allowing this to happen under their watch. 
Well, they're profiting off of it, I suppose. And, you know, that's not, I guess that's not surprising. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's any surprise to me that big businesses, where a heart should be, lies a bottom line. We've known that for years. But I, what we wanted to accomplish in doing this show today was to highlight the human tragedy, the human effect, if you will, of what this oil spill did for our own country, the Gulf communities, the seafood out of the Gulf that was affected and is still being affected by the actions or lack thereof that this shitty ass British company perpetrated all because they didn't want to spend money and the banks shame on the banks first and foremost, because if we're, I mean, this is systemic. Okay, this starts from the top down and unfortunately shit rolls downhill and we understand that. But at what point do you dam up the flow and you say, I'm not going to be that person? Why will you not step down from your position before you do something that takes away your integrity? Because you have no soul. That is my statement. Well, and yeah, I mean, I think businesses, it's difficult to um, I mean, a business, a business is we we treat we give it a human you know we treat it as a human in a lot of ways but they're not human you know and 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 that's it's and and that is good and bad at times right it's it's much much like anything else but uh um so but what is what is what is actually cool is the ride is the studio 33 that we did last night while you were driving around it was absolutely hands down the most fun i have ever had to have these cute little college girls squeeing because they hear their name on quote unquote the radio because we own the stream and we can do that happy horse shit and it's even blowing the minds of some of the college guys going whoa how are you able to do that i'm like because we own the stream yeah because uh yeah you know i i we were on the phone the whole night last night and yeah we 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 did it and there you go uh, so and it was successful because there was some obscure music i had never heard before kind of like when dame bemrose gets on a roll which we absolutely love so dame bemrose if you're listening warm up those requests baby girl because we really want some depravity tonight we're having a great time we're celebrating mardi gras lotus effect style that's right so um yeah and uh so we'll probably do it again next week though we'll see how Yeah, we we probably will because it went really well. And I would like to say that I think it contributed to higher tips. Not that I'm trying to shill or anything, but, you know, it did give me the opportunity to kind of pass out some business cards, which I do on the reg. Yes. And and also going along with that. Yeah, we're going to have some new stickers. That's right. uh, Now, we are still in debate. I'll be honest. We're still in debate whether or not we're going to be in Nashville for the big ass meetup. Because, as y'all know, you know, your girl Phoenix being a freshman in college, she got a hell of caseload. And I talked to my sadistics teacher. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the fact I hit my math teacher in the mouth this week. So hopefully, maybe we can get her in the no agenda community. She's an amazing free spirit. I adore her class, even though I got a 64 on my last quiz, which fucking sucks. But that's okay, because... I'm fixing that problem. I had issues with algebra. Y'all knew that. I talked about it last week. Bemrose was breaking my ass. But irrelevant to the fact, I gave her one of our business cards and told her when we were on. So maybe, possibly, my math instructor, shout out, Miss Sue McGrath, amazing instructor. This woman is such an amazing person. Her energy is so unreal. 
as much as I detest math. She makes me laugh. She makes me think. Yeah, and she, she seems, makes she it right. so palatable, <laughs> truly. Between her, I, I kind of harshly judged my sadistics teacher when I first started. She's actually pretty decent. I, I can't talk shit about her. I really can't. Even if her voice does kind of, you know, have an effect on me occasionally. She's actually a pretty cool teacher. And I do like yeah. the style she has because she kind of does a fill in the blank things for our notes. And she's really cool about saying, hey, the cards, because she lets us put she gives us one three by five index card that we can use we can put anything we want on it on one side unfortunately it cannot be double-sided but whatever we can cram on that one card to study for our test we bring that card into our test with us and it actually did assist i believe in the last quiz slash test that i had so kudos to my sadistics teacher because the way she does her notes which is really you know similar to the way my math teacher does her notes but kudos to the three by five card thing. And yeah, she's just, she really cares. No matter what silly question I've had, none of my instructors have been dicks about it. They've all been more than willing to help. And I'm happy to report y'all. Last time I checked, I have about a B minus probably and an A in the classes that I know the grades for, which are my in-person classes, I'm not sure where my English and my call 1010 class fall, but I can say that the feedback that I'm getting from my calls 1010 is pretty positive for the most part. I'm making sure all of my assignments are getting in and I'm apparently doing enough to keep her satisfied. I, I just want to get through that class. I can't even lie. Y'all, when May gets here, we are going to have a gigantic party on Studio 33 to celebrate Phoenix's completion of semester one because some of these classes, some of the assignments in these classes really make a bitch rage. I'm not going to lie. It's been crazy. I wonder why you're, somebody's binging somewhere. That's not me. I promise you, phone boy, that is so not me. My shit is on do not disturb. I so wonder. I'm going to blame you. It's your tech all over the place. Is it maybe a power issue? Like No, I don't think so. But anyway, we'll, we'll But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So um, the other thing we had is that we went to, we went to uh, Goodwill this week. And, and, and We did. That was an experience. Like all truth. I had not. Now, back in the day, I worked for Goodwill. But I worked for the traumatic brain injury unit that they had in Connecticut. So I was not working in the retail side, although I had knowledge of the retail side on a very brushed over level. I had never actually been inside a Goodwill store. So phone boy and I decided to meet at the Goodwill store here that they opened in an old pharmacy building and check out what they had going on. And honestly, it was a great experience. It smelled kind of funny in there, but that's okay. I'm not going to be judgy. There was a lot of really interesting stuff that was perfectly good for, you know, somebody else to quote unquote adopt. And we adopted a couple of new coffee mugs subsequently. Yeah, we did. And uh, I, and I posted, I actually posted it. I'll have to see if I can, I, I, I will pull it out of uh, uh, the post I had made earlier today because I did, of course, make... Uh, I, I did, of course, make uh, uh, things, and yeah, I can see all at playing with Isobot in the uh, in in the in the chat, which is great. That's fine. Please, please, please play away with Isobot, and thank you again for Cotton Gin uh, 
giving us isobot to play with we do appreciate it even if we are beta testing it oh and we have and dame ben Marissa yes i i i i am not gonna lie i truly had to contain a squee when i saw that bame bame demrose jesus christ the tongue must be fucking crossfaded it's yeah. it's it's the Bemrose's fault when 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 two Bemroses are in one place, nothing good can come of it. But <laughs> that being said, yeah, I had to withhold a squee when I saw Dame Bemrose enter the chat. I am super excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see what debauchery she serves up for the evening. Whee! Yeah. Um. So yeah, we uh, speaking of debauchery, we have voicemails to play. I love voicemails. All right, so we're gonna play. Uh, vo- we're gonna play voicemails, and we're gonna see what we what we have here from our. Uh, so, uh, if you want to sound off on our topic, what are gas prices doing around you? It's uh, they going up, going down. We want to know how the yo-yos working in your part of this communist country yes yeah call 253-237-3321 and tell us uh, much like this caller did Woo-hoo! yeah hey, hey, hey it's uh well you'll listen to this on a saturday so it's saturday imagination uh gas prices i mean you know california ia so of course they're super low or like a dollar above everybody else but you know hey whatever it's i mean it's not whatever but it is um, you know, I live here, you can complain about it, but just that mindset of, uh, yeah, yeah, I like it here, love it here. As far as family, friends, close to a lot of things, uh, a couple hours, you know, can go to Santa Cruz and go to the mountains and all the different places, you know, whatever, Monterey, all those different places, so, yeah, um, I just say that because I find it kind of annoying, not that anybody did, but when people just like kind of poop on other people's areas where they live, kind of like be going to your hometown or me going to your house and be like, oh, this is garbage, you know. But, uh, yeah. Not that you guys were doing that, but, you know, I get it, though. Anywho, but yeah, I was like, uh, I think the other day I paid like, around like four, four ten or something like that for a gallon. And, uh, should start really carrying cash because usually sometimes places get like 10 cents cheaper. You're just paying cash. But, uh, which obviously adds up, you know. But, uh, yeah. But it is one of those things people were like, oh, it's, you know, so low compared to like when it was pushing five. But, uh, yeah, five, like around five dollars a gallon. But, uh, my dad, he keeps track of every, he's like, he, keep track of every single time he fills up his gas tank and he needs, he does it for work purposes and taxes and whatnot. But like, it's like, yeah, a couple of years ago, it was like two ninety nine or something like that. I think he said, I have to double check with him, but it was, it was right about there. And like, nobody remembers that. So they're just like, Oh, it's cheaper, you know, cause we have 10 second memory. So just as a whole as society, not just, uh, those in FEMA region, uh, nine. So, but yeah, how you guys doing? Very, very good. Glad to hear. All right. Well, I love you guys. And, you know, you got to stay dangerous. Uh, you know, whether you're driving that uh, car, getting those uh, rides, or, uh, I don't know, on the computer or whatever fun boy does. Um, yeah. And uh, we're going to school. But uh, stay dangerous. And uh, no matter what you're doing, go ahead. You, you already did it. Well, go ahead. Let's do it again. One more time. 
All together now. Ta-da! Ta-da! Thank you for Christopher Battles. All right, so we love the fact. I just want to, before you do that, I just want to address the fact every week as a constant, we know that we can count on Mr. Christopher Battles to call in and give us a fantastic voicemail that contains, of course, potential show titles because Google Transcript is a fucking psycho. But, you know, he just happened to have name dropped your hometown there, Fumboy. Yes, I know. I think he, he knows where I'm from. I'm originally from Santa Cruz and I'm from the yeah, the, the, the Monterey Bay area. So yeah, he I think he mentioned that. I think he he lives he lives near enough that he can go to those things, but he's not I don't think he's that close to those things. But. Well you know, when we actually get out there, we are definitely gonna have to have a meet up with Mr. Christopher Battles. Oh, so yes, we're gonna have sure. to have a beer with that man. And thank you for your courage, sir. We appreciate you yeah. greatly. Yeah. We know that the gas prices out there in Cali yeah. are fucking it's obscene. That's the point. Yeah, I know. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't checked in with my aunt and uncle in Scotts Valley uh, to, to find out how bad the gas prices are there. Um, but let's see. What are the what are the what are the show titles that potentially came from that? So we got Bame Demrose, which actually you you know I wrote that down. Summer Saturday, uh, mindset of yeah, rides or I don't know, and then state address. That was the other one I got. Um, so. Um, we have another. And actually, we got the voice of the universe's approval on the Bame D thing. Yeah, um, yeah, John Valby. Yeah, we have we we did have some John Valby tracks in here, but uh, we have a uh, we have another we have another voicemail here. We're going to play that track where he just has this long string of cussing that he does because it's my favorite, makes me happy, and I'm gonna have that CD. That shit needs to live in my life so yes. thank you dame bemrose for well, introducing me to that foul mouth motherfucker who i adore yeah meanwhile um we will uh we'll... and i don't mean phone boy <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> all right i'm gonna play the next i'm gonna play the voice you all haven't heard some of the things come out of this man's mouth i swear to god he'd make uh he'd make a preacher blush all right well uh this this uh, color uh, makes me blush Wait a minute, I can I can hit the play button. Hey guys, it's Tempest Emily M. Uh I just wanted to call in and do the favorite love story one. Um obviously it has to be my own because that's what everybody says. Uh, but uh my husband and I went on a motorcycle ride as mutual friends for a benefit. We spent sixteen hours together. Um, and then, like, three days later, we just decided that it was going to be us forever. Um, and we're coming up on uh, seven years in August. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's mine. And then there also is a story where I threw him over my shoulder physically and moved him. So, And that's whenever he said he was going to marry me. But uh, have a good show day. I will see you guys in the troll room. Toodles. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Emily. We love when you call in. And that is the sweetest voicemail that I have heard in a hot minute, truly. I okay. wish we could hear the love story of 
Damon Serbemrose. That would be really interesting. You know, two five three two three seven three three two one. If you're feeling adventurous, there, Dame Bemrose, we see you and we love you guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with Temper Family came out of the as a potential show title. Temper Family. I like that. That yeah. really accurately describes me. I was explaining to my old and my youngest son today as we were riding in the car that between my mom and my dad, they really put the fun and dysfunctional as I was growing up. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, yeah, well, there you know we, we we also yeah we we definitely have that we have him, we have him in the studio today so it's he's, he's uh, you know I had to we had to do some uh, stuff to get him on to he's he's hanging out in the chat but he's uh, he was sitting uh, he was sitting he's behind. actually taking up the spot that our furry co-host usually takes up and since he's a rather hairy gent it, we really didn't notice. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we we did notice this. Uh, we we did get another voicemail here. Uh, but you you are welcome to sound sound off on what the hell gas prices are doing in your area two five three two three seven three three two one. Let's see what this caller did. So, hello. Guess what? It's me. So, on the topic of gas prices, our car has been using Chevron since the day that little sucker was born. What twenty one years ago? It's, uh, it's an O one. Anyway, so because it had turbocharged engine, whatever the hell you want to call it, it feeds best on premium. There's a gas station we go to, a Chevron not too far from the house. Right now, at this moment, regular there is $4.60, with a premium being $5.10, which is actually down about 20 or 30 cents from the other week when we last got gas. However... Not even two miles away, there's another Chevron. Regular gas there, $4.70. Premium is only $5, which is kind of weird. And diesel there is $5.20, making diesel the most expensive. I'm still trying to figure out, what the hell, Chevron? Premium at a place where regular is more expensive is cheaper than the rest of freaking premium gas. No fair. No fucking fair. No fucking fair. However, if you want to go even farther south, you've got a Chevron which is going for 440 and then another Chevron at 460 But right now, near us, the gas set we use. Now, that isn't counting the discount that we get off of it from a Safeway. Spend X amount of money, you get X amount of $0.10 cent off, up to a dollar off. Yeah, I like that part. Anywho, that is what's going on with gas. Love y'all. Take care. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that fun shit. I come by and... Shirley, uh, can't be serious. I am serious. Staring at me. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> Bye. Oops. Clip misfire on Phoenix's part. But thank you, Dame Bemrose. And oh my God, that's obscene in a really big way. It's obscene. That's the point. I just paid... Y'all are going to hate me. 264 a gallon at the local when I was on my way to the beer store to pick up some of this was, was that fine at the, distillage. Was that at the yes, it was. Okay, yeah. But the two, it was, well, the thing is, just that was with the discount. It was it. 269 at both the Speedway and the Paulette yeah. at the same exit. Uh-huh, well, there you and go. so when I pulled off the exit, because as I got in the car and went, Vroom, I realized, oh, fuck me. Yeah. I'm low on fuel. And yeah. as I was going down said road that leads to our wonderful abode, you know, that main strip out there yeah. that they go woo on yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, my little oopsie light came on that reminded me, shit, I can get fuel. That's why I was late starting the show. 
Yeah, because well, it got, took me extra time to have to put that uh, yeah, nasty put, put, product in my car to make it go. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, okay. So there, there was a, there was a potential show title that came out of the the, the the transcript. No fucking her. That would be that would be my ex. Uh, you know. I was more thinking uh, after the um, comment you made earlier today. That was kind of the rule. Uh, anyway, yeah. This uh, once again, Friar Phone Boy. Yeah. Um, so. We yeah the I, yeah so yeah gas around here has been kind of going up and down I think since I think um, trust me it's much cheaper here than I mean I think even when it was bad here which I mean how bad since we've lived here what would what, what, what I think what was the worst we paid maybe three fifty or something I don't even think it was that high yeah. it, it was over three I know that yeah but so, I mean the whole the whole reason why we asked the question in the toast and jam this week the refire topic of the yo-yoing gas prices is because it's fucking obscene that you literally and phone boy has seen this happen he will leave the house and it will be like arguably 297 he'll come back home it'll be 320 that's not a joke and not an exaggeration we have seen it rocket as high as 40 cents overnight and it caused us to kind of scratch our heads and go, what the fuck is really going on here? And again, that tied into the subject that we're talking about today with the nefariousness of what happened in 2010. And it made us think about all the things that basically circle around when's the next boom? When's the next thing that causes, you know, prices to skyrocket the you know, catastrophe that they create of their own making. And I do mean our government, not, you know, big business, although, you know, I'm not surprised at any kind of shit they pull either. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was, the, yeah, because around here, I mean, it's sport because, yeah, uh, somebody's filling up uh, several times a week uh, because because of, because of the drive, you know, driving over in Knoxville. And, you know, we're, you know, we're about 90 minutes out of uh, downtown Knoxville from here. Well, thankfully, uh, so. my car is extremely fuel efficient, so I get better than 450 miles to a tank of fuel and roughly working all day until I have about a quarter of a tank of fuel usually nets me enough money, even with my, what I allocate, which is like 40 bucks for fuel, even with that, it's enough money to kind of pay my bills and keep me going so that I can keep going to school, keep making all the bill payments I have to make. And hopefully, you know, in a couple of years, be able to get a job that makes it where I don't ever have to worry about spending money again. I can just swipe my card and know that it's covered and have a happier existence with less stress. But that's, you know, that that's my own psychosis. Yeah. So, all right. Now we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to get into the second half of the show here. We're going to talk about this uh, this uh, shit that uh, they were using on the, to, to try and disperse the oil. The stuff called uh, the the stuff that uh, yeah we'll we'll give it a name here. But we're gonna we're gonna you know when the, when the, when the uh, you know when they were uh, deciding to you know get rid of the oil that had you know let's um, yeah well you know as we often say they consider it safe and effective safe for who and effective at what. That's right. Um, so let's uh, let's play the clip. The dispersant chosen by BP is banned in Europe. Although BP's headquarters are located in Europe, regulators in the U.S. are less strict. 
and BP gets the go-ahead for the dispersant. We are applying a chemical, a safe chemical, to disperse the oil. And on this incident so far, we've already dispersed more dispersant than has ever been done in the cumulative oil spill responses in the history of the industry. What? Yeah, I don't have the exact figures, but it, it's... We I, roughly figured out... I think it was like a mil, It's like over a million gallons oh, of oil. Oh, it's easily over a million plus or minus gallons yeah. of this particular chemical dispersant, which is known as Corexit. Yes. And think about it. Corexit. Yeah, well, I, I'll, 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 I will play... I'm playing the clip, the next clip that talks about that. The chemical dispersant is called Corexit, as in corrects it. The manufacturer claims it's effective. That's what BP hopes. Yeah, they hope, and you know you, yeah, have, to, you have to love that. They hope. How the hell can you hang your it, hopes on a well, chemical? I mean, I mean, come on, Adam played the role perfectly. Yeah, you know, you know I forgot. We don't give a crap. We'll clean it up. Who gives a crap about some birds? You know, we're going to make billions of dollars, and look at the price of oil taken up. Pop, 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 pop. So. I think somebody needs to ISO Adam going pop 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 pop. Well, all right. So you want to hear how this dispersant works? Uh, we'll play. This oh clip. yeah. We'll play this clip. The petroleum industry has come to like dispersants. Simply spray them onto the surface, and the oil seems to disappear. Essentially, the chemical dissolves the plumes of red oil into fine droplets. This is how Corexit works. The combination of chemicals breaks the oil down into tiny globules that sink below the surface and are suspended in the water. That makes the oil invisible to the naked eye. But it's still there. It has just been distributed throughout the water column. Yeah, We had a really good analogy for this, like a visual. Imagine, and I don't know, I know in my science class we did this for a what do you call it, Um, a demonstration of saturation. So basically take an eight-ounce glass of water and dump about, now a teaspoon at a time, I'll say. Take a teaspoon of sugar, dump it in, mix it in. Dump another, mix it in. Eventually, that sugar is going to literally, all those sugar molecules are going to saturate that water, and the water's no longer going to be able to absorb and transform, if you will, dissolve <laughs> that sugar. Essentially, that's kind of what it looks like with what this dispersant looks like, these little teeny tiny red beads in the water that are the oil that supposedly just magically disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... Um you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, they, they and they dumped you know over a mil, you know over a million gallons of the dispersant dispersant that they hope is safe and effective. Uh, yeah, we yeah we, we and, and clearly these assholes don't care. But uh, but let's let's um, yeah, we actually played that clip. Okay, so um, okay, but it, the 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 problem is is that. You know, I mean, what I mean. So, what is the impact of this of these dispersants? Well, I mean, even even the fishermen can figure this out. Well, basically, what happens when a lot of oil comes in, when the tide switches, a lot of oil comes in, they'll make all the boats at night go in a certain location. Then they'll come in here at night with military planes and helicopters, and they'll spread disbursements on it, and make it sink. The next morning, the boats come out, 
where it was full of all the night before, the next morning all the all's gone. It's all on the bottom, out of sight, out of mind. Disbursements. Yeah, that's a that's right. A, that's a potential show title. Um, helicopters. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and I think it's uh, you know, the, and and the, the problem is, yeah, that's. I think it's pretty obvious. It doesn't break down all the oil, and it's actually. Uh, I'd say, it's but there's a, a reason for that, which we'll touch on. Yeah, after. I think it's actually. I think it's actually worse than you think. Even though bacteria break down long chain oil molecules, they aren't effective against cyclic ones. These remain in the water, which was discovered following a 1968 oil accident. The polycyclic oil molecules are still there. So it doesn't even it doesn't even take the oil out of the water. No, it, and honestly, anyone who's familiar with, um, I'm not sure exactly whose theory it is, but basically the theory that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. Yeah, it kind of goes along with that. Yeah, it's like it, it's a hide and seek thing that they're doing by spraying this on the water it's kind of making the oil heavy or it's not kind of it actually is the the way it breaks it down is it makes it heavy and therefore it sinks to the bottom but the problem is it then gets yeah. absorbed by the sea life it gets absorbed yeah. by the yeah, exactly. mud well yeah and, 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 it, and, and, it and, and weirdo in the troll room the is talking about how the the you know the, the the vinyl chloride that that's you know that's that's be, that's what's you know the, the chemical that is uh, uh, that is prevalent in this in the stuff that's going on in Ohio. It's doing the same thing. It's it's exactly it's, exactly. So you know that any downriver flow that occurs is going to contaminate whatever body of water it eventually empties out into. Well, it's also going to damage things that might be floating in it, like yeah, like the boats. Corexit may not be as harmless as claimed. Ships involved in the cleanup have reported an increase in engine problems. Corexit dissolves essential rubber seals that are impervious to seawater. Cleaning doesn't seem to help. Yeah, and uh, it also doesn't uh, make it very easy to clean up the oil, um, you know, using traditional methods because, yeah, uh, they break it up so that the fact that, uh, yeah, you can't skim it. During the first month, the sea is calm and perfect for skimming. But BP orders no tankers out to collect the oil. Finally, the shipping company TMT sends a tanker at its own expense. But now it is too late. The oil is chemically broken up into tiny particles, which can no longer be skimmed. Yeah, and, uh, what you, and yeah, and it's, it, it's... It's interesting that the solution to this, if you want to call it a solution is to have actually done something maybe less expensive than spraying all that chemical horseshit on our waters to try to mask the problem. It's like putting a Band-Aid on a broken bone. Like, what the actual fuck? Uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I guess, um, you know, this is this is a, um, you know, the, and there's a toxicologist that t- talks about, like, what, what does this chemical do? Uh, to humans and well you know here's what it's here's what the here's uh, what she has to say Corexit 9527 contains a human health hazard it breaks apart blood and and breaks down blood cells causes kidney damage liver damage blood disorders and it even kills babies in the womb it's a fetal toxin i mean this is a nasty chemical 
And this is what we're seeing in the cleanup workers, what they were seeing, what we're still seeing the effects of in the cleanup workers from that particular spill is the fallout from the Corexit that was used to try to disperse. Because as you know, as that water, you know, tides into the shore, you're exposing people. And that's what one of the things that's so sick about it is that they they reopened the beaches and the beaches are still having this foam from the Corexit. They're still having the little red Yeah, because it keeps bubbling beads. up. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. You dig far enough down. I mean, what kid at the beach isn't taking their exactly. shovel and bucket and making a sandcastle? You dig far enough down, you're getting to that oil that's still there in that sand. Yeah. And your child and yourself are being exposed to that muck ultimately the toxic sludge so i mean i raises the question how can anybody say that this stuff is even safe if i can hit the button if it'll hit the button we go when the oil industry says these dispersants are non-toxic what they mean is they're non-toxic based on outdated 1970s era bioassays the scientific community knows that dispersed oil is more toxic than not dispersed oil. And it knows that dispersants and dispersed oil are more toxic than oil alone. So what this chemical effectively does for the oil industry is it takes care of a public relation nightmare, which is oil all over the surface of the ocean, and pushes the oil instead down into the water column. Yeah, so much like your ex-wife, it's all about appearances. Yeah. You're uh, welcome. Breaking yeah, the balls. Breaking uh, the, the balls. You know, and then the funny thing is that, that um, you know, it's – so this story has been out there for more than a decade, right? And, and, and it's – and, you know, people are still being affected by this. Where Where's the outrage with this? I, I think we – but, I mean, we're all no agenda listeners uh, for, the, to, for the most part, so – um, yeah, we probably, this is this, this clip, uh, that John Hoffmeister, uh, brought up, uh, probably, uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to any of us. We're seeing a pattern of BP making insane decisions on behalf of government. You talk about how horrible the BP story is, but you know what, Nicole? That same story is told on Wall Street every day. It's told in every facet of our American life, and we sit there and let it happen because we're more concerned about what the hell Paris Hilton wore yesterday to a party than we are what's happening to our democracy. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm more concerned about the fact Paris Hilton didn't even fucking carry her own baby, you bitch. Yeah. Well, when I heard when I when I was listening to that, I I, I had to bring up an old clip from uh from the movie Network in 1976. It's still relevant 47 years later. Yeah, and I I got to play the speech. Um, it's just, it's, you know, and I gotta get, I gotta get, uh, Phoenix to watch this movie. Um, it's, uh, you know. Hey, don't be throwing shade at me, mofo. Yeah. Well, the movie's as old as you are. I'll just say that. I'm fairly aware of that, Captain 50 this year. Yeah, well, Fucking putting my age out on the interweb. What is wrong with you? You really do want a fucking dick drought, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, well, anyway. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. 
punks are running wild in the street and there's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to write, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it, my life has value. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Yeah, that's a, that, that, that whole movie, if you have not seen the movie Network, go fucking watch it. I have a feeling after we're done with Studio 33 tonight, we're going to be watching Network if we're not too cross-faded. But that being said, yes. That that's a lot of what we do here. It's obscene. That's the point. No. We want to get. No, I'm going to rant for a second. Okay. This is Phoenix's rant, phone boy. Okay, I'm even going to hit your mute button for this because I'm going to have a little rant. You're welcome. I'm sick and tired of people just sitting down thinking they don't have a voice because they're afraid of being shouted down. Get mad. Cause a ruckus. Speak up because the only way change happens is if we enact it yes we are not as rich as the big oligarchs and the big oil people and the big pharma people all the government dick bags that have all the money and control of the shit no we don't have as much money as them but you know what we have we have something more valuable we have smarts we have numbers we have a voice and if we use our voice appropriately and not to waste time on arbitrary issues like getting pissed off because you don't agree with somebody's opinion or you don't agree with somebody's viewpoint cut the shit y'all wake up they are truly taking our head count in the government what do you think this whole mask compliance shit is about it's a goddamn social experiment to prove how compliant we are as a nation stand up make noise get outraged Go and shout, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Because we cannot allow them to continue to take their big, greased, big oil cock and shove it up our ass. I'm not all for electric vehicles. I don't like electric vehicles. Fuck Elon Musk. Fuck all of these assholes who are trying. They're getting richer while they're screwing you harder. Speak up, act out, make a difference. Because if enough of us do it, we can make a difference. Yeah, and I think with with any of the, with, I mean, oh boy, I, I I had a thought, and this is this is what happens when you're crossfaded. I guess you you, you lose your. You Don't lose blame your, me for your shit, phone boy, sir. Yeah, well, this what what uh, the problem is is, and and some people think that 
you know that we're we are i mean and i think i think it's worth pointing pointing out that yeah we do have a little bit of responsibility for for what happened because we're not standing up and going fuck this right and i i mean here's the problem though and i'm gonna address this okay there were a lot of people who worked for that corporation on the lower level you know i spoke about how shit rolls downhill there were a lot of people who spoke up and said there was even a guy who went over to england and spoke to the head safety prick at bp and said hey these are all the problems this was before the explosion at texas city refinery okay he went over there and he said hey here's a list of all the shit that's wrong this is not a safe place for us to work we our workers are coming to work every day in fear for their lives and this prick had the nerve to lie Oh, I'm so surprised at that. In an interview where he was asked if any concerns had ever been brought to him, and he boldface said no. Now, I watch on YouTube. There's this panel of these four guys. They are awesome. I think they're called the behavior panel. And they talk about how body language they've they've analyzed a whole bunch of videos different body language in different situations and they teach you there's actually a course that these guys teach there's two of them who teach it on interpreting body language and watching this video of the interview with this uh safety guy from bp i was like having a spaz attack and phone boy's just looking at me like what is your deal and it's like oh my god you know the the shit that from watching these behavior panel videos that i've picked up with watching how you can tell somebody's so lying this guy is classic textbook that he's so lying i mean obviously because we know he knew because there were worker there was a worker who said you know he flew over to london he had a meeting with this guy told him did a powerpoint presentation on all the concerns they had there at texas city and this guy had the balls to sit there and say no it was never raised to my opinion i don't know what you're talking about you know i don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah it was basically you know his his opinion and it was like you dirty lying piece of shit motherfucker how dare you 15 people i and i might be wrong on the number that died in the texas city explosion and numerous others that were injured because of the negligence and this guy has the nerve to sit there and be like oh i I knew nothing about it you should burn in hell roasting on a spit you piece of shit british prick yeah and uh i think we actually um we enabled this behavior um because yeah i mean you know they they when they were they were uh, they filed pretty early they were like okay they 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 apparently um wanted to limit their liability i got i got a couple of clips that talk about this um you know the transocean which is the company that operated this uh, this particular uh oil rig that uh, exploded well yeah they uh, you know they they filed a claim under like an old law going back a ways yeah, indemnity. Insurers compensated Transocean for its loss. Then the company filed a limitation of liability claim based on a federal law dating back to 1852. Then there are filing limitations trying to limit their liability to $26 million. Give me a break. After receiving $401 million, they're the only people that's been paid. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can follow the money, though. Think oh, about I, I, it. Who, sorry, I was. It? I know. I should. I thought you pushed my mute button. I'm sorry. No, seriously though. Follow the money. Twenty. All right, you heard that correctly. Twenty six million. That's six zeros. I'm pretty sure behind that two six. But here's the thing. Okay, the amount of money 
that these fucking pricks got for this was in the billions with a B. Yeah. Real, real inequality there, cocksuckers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they, they, you know, of course, there's another clip, you know, another clip talking about a very similar thing. By 2010, BP had over 100 wells in the Gulf under rigs like the Atlantis, Mad Dog, and the Deepwater Horizon. The U.S. government made it very easy and very attractive for them to move quickly. And they were encouraged with generous subsidies and limited penalties if something went wrong. For example, their liability cap, if there was a spill, was $75 million, which is basically five cents to you and me. If I had $75 million, uh, my my ex would want uh, more than half of it. But anyway. Oh, my God. She's already getting more than half the fat yeah. cunt. You know, I truly am telling y'all, when five years elapses and he's done play, paying the extortion fee to this fucking heifer, we're going to have the biggest no agenda meetup party. I think they call it a wedding. No, I'm just kidding. No, seriously, we are going to totally lift this man up on a chair and finally celebrate his freedom from the tyranny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is worth, uh, you know, I've got a couple more clips here to play. And one of them is um, you know, they certainly, you know, the government, you know, made it real easy for British, British Petroleum to, um, well, spend money. You know, um, yeah. If profits are poor, why does the industry still invest billions of dollars into new rigs? In effect, we'd subsidize them for doing it. When you add up those subsidies, you get to $50 billion. Just from 33 deep water rigs, that's a lot of money that we are paying them. They're not paying us. Yeah, you know, they were making millions with an M, but couldn't afford to do things. Now, mind you, we understand that the Deepwater Horizon project was behind schedule, but the amount of money it would have cost to do it right would have taken much less time and cost much less money than what it actually did when this thing blew sky fucking high and took 11 people's lives and ruined countless others yeah, with it. it. Was, and, and again, just follow the money as... Uh as uh this is this is the the this is our uh you know our our, our end clip here uh it's a little bit well I, I just want to address the fact like i invite you all because phone boy didn't take this clip and i'm not going to shade him for it because i didn't provide it to him so that's a failure on my part but i invite you all to look up on youtube or whatever media service you choose to use the comments that this Tony, what was his name? Tony uh, Blake? Tony Hayward. Tony Hayward. Hayward. Tony Hayward. I invite you to check out the the language that he used and the and the words that he said in response to this particular tragedy. He stuck his foot in his mouth all the way up to his knee. Let's just put it that way. There's a reason why he was replaced as CEO for the company. But it was absolutely clear that they gave less than a flying fuck about everything that had happened. Their main concern, as with most big business and industry, is cover our ass and get out of it as cheaply as you can. And the irony behind which is it was mere thousands, you know, maybe hundreds of thousands, but still in the thousands of dollars that it would have caught 
cost to do the right thing and to run these operations correctly and not cut the corners. Yes, it would have taken a little bit of time, but honestly, how do you put a price tag on time? And moreover, how do you put a price tag on a human being's life? And I still, even though he's no longer the CEO of the company, I still say shame on you, Tony Hayward, for being what I would consider douchebag of the motherfucking century for what you did, what you propagated and what you allowed to happen in that company that ultimately ended up poisoning our food system, costing American lives and ruining countless other lives because of your greed and arrogance. Yeah. I don't even think he deserves a proper douchebag drop because to me that douchebag drop represents people who are lower level douchebags people who have simply not met their financial obligation you know who y'all are i see you that's right but ultimately yeah that's what that motherfucker deserved was two to the head is because he's out on a yacht sailing with his kids shortly after this tragedy occurs and there's 11 families who'll never have the chance to sit down and have a meal with their family member again call them on the phone and say hey how was your day and yet you're out sailing with your son it's too bad the fucking boat didn't sink yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to – so here's uh, – you know, I think I think we got the last clip here. And this is this is the piece de resistance of this whole thing. This is the, this is Adam Curry's, you know, the, the revelation that occurred. You know, again, this was this was uh, pulled a couple of weeks after the, the incident had happened. Uh, but he but he saw – but what he saw that, you know, going back and finding what had happened, yeah, it probably explains everything that happened. Well – We've we've said before, Adam is from the future. There is no doubt. If you listen to this clip, you're just going to be bowled over like, that makes perfect sense. So on the very day, uh, and this was April 20th when this happened, on the very day that this disaster takes place, and this rig was made by an outfit called Transocean Limited, and uh, it's very hard to get a lot of information on, on these types of companies, but uh, here I am looking at a press release. Uh, Zug, Switzerland. Remember now, these meetings that we spoke of. Zug. Taking place in Zug. Okay. Yeah. And Zug is a, a tax haven. It's where all a lot of, you know, a lot of people live whose last names end in Inc. And LLC and LTD. On the very day that this disaster happens, and this happened at, uh, I believe, around 10 a.m., uh, I don't, would that be central time? Um, anyway, it does, doesn't matter. On this very day, this company, Transocean, went public on the Swiss exchange. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, what we would say is... Coincidence? Uh, I think not! So the share price, you know, goes up to like 100. The markets close after this disaster. Thing tanks. No, that'd be a nice play. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and so I've been trying to find put options and trying to look at people shorting the stock. You've got to think that that was the part of it. I mean, yeah, again, why it's, not? It's just too coincidental. You yeah, know? Let's, let's take in this thing public and, and then and, run it up and then just dump the thing and let them go broke. On the very same day. That's pretty good. Yeah, we hear at... The Lotus Effect do not believe in coincidences any more than the boys over there at No Agenda do. 
And when Phone Boy played this clip for me, I audibly gasped and said, holy fucking shit. That is amazing. And it then led me to think about the fact that, like I said earlier in the show, that the government had just signed into legislation approval for more offshore drilling. But with BP's shitty track record, my theory on which was they wanted to get him the fuck out of the situation. Yeah, well. And the best way to do that would be to basically bankrupt the company. And what better way to do so than the exact playbook that played out, which is you blow up the rig And with the track record that BP has, people are already not happy with them because they don't give a damn about safety. The only thing they care about is their bottom line and making profit. And the best way I know of to destroy a company is to basically target their vulnerability. Well, what's one of BP's vulnerabilities? They don't want to spend money to make sure that safety is the number one priority in the operations in which they are in. So I think it was a coup. I think that the Deepwater Horizon was actually blown up to get BP out of the, uh, op- you know, the the oil race, essentially by bankrupting them. And hey, if we take TransUnion with us, you know, why not make it a package deal? All the better. But unfortunately. BP still survives to this day. And like I said earlier, there's actually an American who was running the Amoco Corporation, which is who BP originally bought out. I think it was their first acquisition. He is now the one, again, he was one of Lord John Douchebag's turtles. Now, they didn't want to, the the way that Tony Hayward got put into position was that he didn't have any controversy surrounding him. The oh, um, the Amico guy, and I am so sorry, y'all. I do not remember his name. There was him. There was Tony, and there oh, was cause, cause, yeah, because they've merged with Amico in the U.S. Yeah, I- initially that was their first acquisition yeah. was Amico, but ultimately there were three turtles. There was this American guy that was the head guy of Amico. There was the Tony Hayward guy who was one of the turtles, and there was the safety guy in BP, the one I talked about before, that lied blatantly about the Texas City situation. Those were the three turtles of which they were trying to choose from when deciding that they could no longer have Lord John Douchebag as the CEO because he had become a liability. A lot of the bad things like the Prudhoe Bay spill and the Texas refinery explosion had happened under his watch. So they decided that, well, we can't have the Amoco guy because he's an American. We can't have the safety guy because he came under fire because of the criticism from his being the safety person and the Texas City going tits up. Well, we'll pick this Tony Hayward guy. Well, he, like I said, he started off decent saying, hey, you know, he shit all over Lord John. Like, yeah, we're not going to do things the way that this guy did things. And he tried. I will give him a small amount of credit for the fact he did try to right the wrong in 
making sure that the safety regulations were starting to be improved, equipment was being updated, whatever. The problem is, like I said, London Bank came in and said, no, 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 uh, this is not how we want to do things. And here go the cutting corners again. So when Hayward is ousted because of this Deepwater Horizon situation, the American gets put into position and follows along like a faithful slave to the narrative of cutting corners, shitting on things, et cetera, et cetera. And ultimately, although it brought BP to the brink of bankruptcy, it did not actually bankrupt that company. And they are still in operation today, sadly. Yeah, they are. But uh, yeah, I think with... Yeah, it's just it just kind of blows me away that, um, yeah, that that I mean it, it this you kind of look at this playbook because I because when I when we started talking we started going through the corrects stuff I'm like wow safe and effective sounds like the COVID vaccine yeah you know the same and actually I have a little BOTG on that um, I know this isn't the toast and jam segment however. I don't remember if I addressed this last week, if it had happened last week or this week. I truly don't remember because, you know, with all the work and school that I have to do, my brain has melded into one big, you know, one big pile of shite. But eventually, uh, what I did was I had a writer who was talking to me about the fact that she has a sister who works in healthcare, and gee, oh, I'm sorry, wait a minute. No, that was actually my instructor, I think, who had the sister who works in healthcare, irrelevant to the fact, telling me that we're seeing a lot of blood clots in pregnant women that have been da-da-da-da vaccinated. And the playbook and the narrative continues. Son of a bitch. I just spilled that on your fucking roadcaster wrist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got, I got, yeah. You I got, got it. I got, okay. Yeah. We got, yeah. Let's make sure that we don't, uh, we don't have any, uh, so sorry. Yeah. You gotta be careful. I'm getting a little passionate. Yeah. I need to yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, drink the beer, but yeah, keep it away from my roadcaster. My roadcaster does not need any, uh, ad- yeah, it does not need any additional liquid here. Um, but uh, yeah, and you've, you you've, know, uh, okay, I fucked up your levels. Yeah, now. you've left, you've, yeah, you've messed up the levels here, and you're trying to clean things up. This is a. Uh, um, Would you rather I try to clean shit up and fuck with the levels, or short out your fucking roadcaster? Well, okay, this was well, a lot of money. It, okay, clean it up. You're okay. It's not a big deal, but. Um, yeah, and have a yeah, um, yeah. I guess the, the, it's weird because yeah, it's don't abuse. Yeah, get your yeah, get your alcohol together. Yeah, yeah. I know. Here's the thing, though. The whole reason why we did this show ultimately, because as I addressed in the beginning, this isn't a show that we would typically have done. Not a topic we would have typically can you know tackled. We don't do necessarily. We you know we don't do. De- deep dive on conspiracies we don't usually talk about things that aren't related to health and food and things like that but there is a tie-in to the health and food aspect of this because it did desperately impact the food system in the gulf as a matter of fact i was recently reading a research project and study that was done on the mahi mahi off the coast of florida on the Gulf side and how even minute traces of oil will literally cause these fish to go blind. It will cause them cardiac issues. They won't spawn properly, which subsequently is what happened with, I believe it was the salmon population. I could be wrong, but I know it was some aquatic life that was affected by this deep water horizon problem. And also 
Okay, I'm, I'm going to make a rant. I'm going to have a little bit of rant here at the end of the show. And fo- poor phone boy is holding his face like, dear God, not again. My thoughts on this are such. Why? Just why? Did the EPA at no point in time, while millions of gallons of oil were gushing out of this fucking well, because it took how many days to cap this well, phone boy? Um... Like it was, and I think it, to, it was to, roughly like two months. In, yeah, in all fairness, yeah, I, thought, I thought it was closer it, to ninety days. But okay, I mean, and it may have even been. But irrelevant to the fact, it was not a quick process. This should have been something that OSHA was all over, and that the EPA was all over in making the most important priority: getting that godforsaken well capped, so that we could do the cleanup efforts so we could do the damage control no they were more worried about their image and oh you know god forbid people should see our product floating on the top of the water well they damn well should have been seeing the product floating on the top of the water you fucked up you know that's how you know you fucked up and and the problem of which is they didn't give a shit and no one made them the government didn't make them nobody the epa didn't make them all these lax ass laws and technicalities and uh you know caps on liability shame the hell on you all because that's the whole reason we did this was because tying it into the food system is the fact that those people relied on their fishing industry, their shrimping industry, whatever, they're in the Gulf. And we've been robbed of a safe form of food to consume out of the Gulf due to this spill because nobody wanted to do the right fucking thing. It was all about the bottom line, the paycheck, this and that and the other thing, and the human costs and the environmental costs that we are still paying is substantial. And that's how it tied into our show and subsequently is the paper I'm going to write for my English class about the fact that the environmental of this, the environmental impact of this tragedy is still being felt today. The financial impact is still being felt today. Those 11 families that lost their family members on that rig is still being felt today. Well, and I would say all the people that are that were that were previously employed as a you know as fishermen that are that are sitting out now because the the you know the fishing outfits are being paid to uh, to basically sit on the shore and do absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, and honestly, you know, if you've ever watched like Deadliest Catch or whatever, now mind you, I'm not a TV person, and I know reality TV is a whole bunch of hooey. But ultimately, if you watch the you know the Deadliest Catch that Mike Rowe narrated, love that man. Hit me up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, if if you watch that, ultimately, yeah, they make decent money, but they're not getting rich off this. They're just trying to feed their families and make a living like the rest of us. And by the negligence of this company that's not even American, they're fucking British. Not that I have anything against the British. Love the British. But shame on BP for the fact that they're still living their lives. They're still making their money. And these poor folks are dealing with the loss of their family members. They're dealing with the loss of their economy. They're dealing with the you know, the food thing and tying it into what we talk about, you know, there, this is just another way in my viewpoint of the government poisoning our food system and forcing us to be able to consume the overproduced grains, which are ultimately going to kill us in the forms of diabetes and heart disease and and whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, it's, yeah, it just seems like it's all part of that same nefarious plot to well poison the world and and uh, you know and, and theoretically keep us under control without actually uh, you know without actually making it obvious that that's what they're doing, but uh, that's exactly what they're doing. So, um, 
All right. I think, uh, you know, I think we've, I think we've hit the end. So fucking over this. And it's probably time to wrap this up and we, we end this, uh, something like this. Jordan fades back. Swoosh. And that's the game. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. You still here? It's over. Go home. Go.